All right, so this is, uh, we're calling it a step workshop. We are, meaning me. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> um, so well, we're going to talk for a minute about the ninth step at some point during this step workshop because we're up to the ninth step now. But it, but there is no ninth step without the rest of the steps. So as a workshop, I find myself sitting here now having meditated and gotten grounded and having a little bit of a quiet mind. Now I'm going to go through putting into application the steps one through eight so that I can be at a place of nine. So the first thing that I do before any steps is that I acknowledge that I'm alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol. There will be no taking of allergic substances today. Just today. I cannot drink today because I'm allergic to alcohol. I also have a disease that centers in my mind. I have a mental illness. I hope you don't have this, but I have grave emotional and mental disorders. And I have a mind that talks to me and it talks to me in my own voice. And I'm going to identify that mind as alcoholism, as a damaged mind, a warped mind. And I'm going to acknowledge that I have that right now because in that acknowledgement, in my admission of my personal powerlessness, that is the ground that a, that a happy and purposeful life can be built. So I am powerless over my mind and I'm powerless to use my mind to be okay in this moment. So I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment. And my thought life is unmanageable by me right now. I am going to acknowledge that so that then I can start right now coming to believe that there's a power and that that power is greater than me and that that power is the power that's going to restore me to sanity. So I'm just going to take one moment right now and I know we've done it. We just meditated and we just prayed, but this is now. That was then. So right now I'm going to start my second step by rightly relating myself, where I am, what I'm doing, what my fears are, what my thoughts are, what my hopes are, what I'm going to rightly relate my life to my higher power right now, right here. So I'm going to do that for a moment. If you'd like to, you can. If you don't want to, I'll meet you on the other side. Now, having meditated and admitted who I am to God, to myself, and to you all, and having started a relationship with my higher power right here, right now, my mind feels quiet. My mind feels sane to me right now. And in this quietness, I can make a decision. It's an easy decision. Do I want to energize all my fears and all of my 
selfish, self-centered behavior? And do I want to go into the day and start thinking about how screwed up it's going to be or what's going to happen? Or do I want to turn my will and my life, my thoughts and my actions over to the care of God as I understood him from this morning's meditation, from this morning's prayer, from this moment's quiet mind? Do I want to make that decision right now? And it's up to me, and it's up to you. You can make it or not make it. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to know the difference. You're going to look perfectly fine on the outside. You're going to smile and nod and pretend like you're paying attention. And I'm going to, my ego's going to get fed because you're smiling and nodding and pretending like you're paying attention. And, and we can do that. Or, or I can go inside right now and get all of my all of my food, all of my all of my who I am right now from a higher power and then not be affected by you or by what's going on on the outside to be centered in the belief that God loves me and I love me and that this moment is exactly the way it's supposed to be and that I'm doing exactly what I think my higher power would have me do I don't know for sure that this is what it would have me do but I think it is and in this relationship, now I'm in a place where I could take some moral and uh, thorough and fearless moral inventory right now. My mind is open. My mind is not uh, in attack mode. Right now I could see if there's somebody that I'm holding a resentment against. I could see if I have fears popping up in my life. I could see if, if I'm having... Uh, if I'm being selfish and self-centered in my or arousing jealousy or causing problems in my in my life with my family or the people around me. And if I could, I could put that on paper. And I have a willingness right now to share that with God to myself and with another human being. I'm open to that. And in that openness... There's some humility in that openness, and in that humility, and I can be entirely ready right now, in this moment, right now, to have God remove all of me, the good and the bad, right now. I'm open to it all being removed. I'm open to all of my defects of character being removed in the, in the pursuit of being of maximum service to God and the people around me right now. And with that humility, I could ask my higher power right now to remove my shortcomings, where I might fall short of being the man that it would have me be right now, right here, in this moment. And in that spirit of wanting to be as useful as possible to God and the people around me, I could humbly ask it to show me who I've harmed, to help me make a list of anyone that I've harmed today or yesterday or any time in the past. Because how am I going to go out to be of maximum service or, or to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and the people around me if I haven't cleaned up the wreckage of my past? And so I'm willing to make that list. And I'm willing to become willing to make amends to anybody that I have harmed. Because in that amends, I am freeing myself and them from the shame and the guilt 
and the pain of everything I've done up until this moment. And then I get to step nine. And the first line, I, I opened up the 12 and 12, and, and this is what it says about step nine. Good judgment, a careful sense of timing, courage and prudence. These are the qualities I shall need when I take step nine. So we should probably do a workshop on how to have good judgment based on what it says there, because I'm going to need good judgment in order to do step nine. And we should probably have a another workshop on producing a careful sense of timing. And that could take a long time. There's a lot of work involved in having good timing. And what about a, 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 a whole workshop on courage? We could do ropes courses. We could get in fast cars and, and have people drive us around in fast cars. Or we could swim with sharks. We could do a lot of workshops on building courage and prudence. Uh, so we could do those things and we could teach self. We could maybe in a long time with a lot of effort, we could teach self how to have good judgment and a good, a careful sense of timing and courage and prudence. And, uh, but that would be a lot of workshops. It's going to be very expensive by the way, because I don't do those workshops for cheap. However, if I've been living this program as a way of life, I can tap into all knowledge and all power right now in this moment. And in that relationship with my higher power, my higher power has good judgment. My higher power has an excellent sense of timing. My higher power has unlimited courage. And my higher power has prudence. And I have access to all knowledge and all power, all of my God, all of my uh, higher power. I have access to that, and I have access to it right now. No seminars needed. Can all have your money back. So the idea that I'm going to teach myself or learn from a book or from a guru or from a teacher or from somewhere outside of myself these things that I'm going to need to do step nine would be that would put me back into a self-help program. This is not a self-help program. If I am living this as a way of life right now, these things are given to me freely in this moment. And crazy how a careful sense of timing has nothing to do with me. I make a list, I become willing, and God starts putting the people in my life, carefully timed. Oh, you're ready? Okay, here comes your friend from high school that you haven't seen for 20 years. Isn't that strange that he happens to be at Baja Fresh on the same day that you happen to be there? And all the, my careful sense of timing is perfectly laid out for me. My courage, I would see that person, I want to turn and run. I don't want to have this conversation with them. But if I'm in this relationship with this higher power, it occurs to me that this could be the right thing to do right here, right now. And the courage that I never, ever have 
on my own power, on my own resources, is there to walk up and say, hey, oh my God, I haven't seen you in so long. You know, I have to talk to you. I'm sober today. I'm in I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous and part of my program is to make amends. And when I was in high school, I was kind of a jerk to you especially. And I'm really sorry that I behaved badly like that. But because I've done my step 8 and I've made a list and I've become willing and I've gone over this with my sponsor, I have actually written out what I think would be an appropriate thing for this person to make their life right, to do something nice for them. Because step nine is not about saying I'm sorry. Step nine is not an apology step. It would say that. It would say I, I went to all the people I hurt and I said I'm sorry wherever possible, except when to say I'm sorry would injure them or others. But that's not what it says. It says, I'm going to make amends. To make amends means to make it right. To do something for that person or for the universe to make it right. Another way of saying that is, so there's a saying around the program. You can do whatever you want in this program. So long as you're willing to pay the price. But I don't know what the price is until I do step nine. Until I make a list of all the people I've harmed and I'm going to go to them and make amends to them. Until I've made that amends, until I've paid the price, I don't know what the price is. I think I can lie and get away with it. I think the price is that I feel bad for a couple of days. But the price isn't how I feel. The price is what it happens to the other person. I destroy their sense of reality. I destroy their ability to live in the world in reality because I am gaslighting them. I'm lying to them. I'm telling them something didn't happen that did. And now I've got to go back to them and tell them that, no, no, I lied to you. That wasn't true. Your perception of reality has been skewed because of my selfish self-centeredness or my fear. And I have not allowed you to live in the world. And I have taken that from you. That's what I've done. I've stolen your sense of reality by lying to you. And now I gotta figure out a way to make that right again. And when I do that, I will have paid the price for that lie. And the next time a lie starts to drift off my tongue, I will be something. Something will remind me of that experience of having to go back and untell that lie and try to unravel the lies and the unreality that I have been projecting onto my people around me. And my tongue will get tied and I won't be able to tell that lie because I know the price. And when it's time to steal something today, when I go to steal something, the question pops into my head so strongly, how much is your soul worth? 
even if it's an olive off the olive bar. Well, they don't have those anymore. But after COVID, there will be olive bars again, and I will be tempted to taste that olive and steal it. I don't want to buy five of them and take them home and taste them and then have to go back and, ta and do it the right way. I want to do it my way. I want to stick my fingers in the olives because you'll be okay. That's why they're not there anymore. Because <laughs> of me. <laughs> I've ruined the olive bars. Uh, so, step nine is not about what I'm going to do for other people. It seems like it. But that making amends, that paying the price is ensuring that I will never have to do that again in my life. Because I know what the price is. And the price is emotional pain. And if I get in enough emotional pain, I'm going to drink. I know that from my fears, from my fourth step. And for me, to drink is to die. So the ultimate price I'm going to pay for new bad behavior is death. But, but having made the list in eight and becoming willing in eight and then going out and doing this thing that is impossible. It's impossible for me to have the courage to go to somebody and tell them that I stole from them or I lied to them or that their whole sense of reality is skewed because of my being in their life. I can't live with that pain. I do not want to live with that pain. I want to be free. And what happens? This is what happens. For me, if I do this step, If I'm painstaking about this phase of my recovery, my development, I will be amazed before I'm halfway through. I'm going to know a new freedom and a new happiness, a new one, not like anyone I've ever known before. Total quiet, a total quiet mind, free from the bondage of self. Because all of that bondage of self is bound up in the people I've harmed and the shame and the guilt of my past behaviors. I'm going to be free of all of that self-talk. I will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Because now, finally, I will have been healed by the pain of my past. That, that past, those bad behaviors now become the, the, the gate to my freedom through that bad behavior, I get to walk a free man. If I have, if I am making these amends, there's no freedom without it. There's just more bondage of self. I will comprehend the word serenity and I will know peace right now. No matter how far down the scale I have gone, I will see how my experience can benefit others. 
I will see the usefulness of all of my past mistakes, of all of my bad behavior, all of it, every bit of my bad behavior up until this moment right now was un, was vital, was important, was necessary for me to be the man that I am right now. So there is no regretting it. I've paid the price for it. The regret is over. Now I get to enjoy the benefits of having walked through that experience. My feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. I will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in my fellows. I'll show up every Wednesday in an effort to bring a message, not to get a message. I'll go out into my life to be the man that I think God would have me be now, rather than be the man that thinks he needs a Porsche McCann S. Black, by the way, if you're, if you're shopping for me. Self-seeking will slip away. My whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. I don't know what it's going to be, but it'll be different. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave me. The greatest gift on the planet. I will, in this moment, right now, intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle me. I will have access to all knowledge and all power in every moment right now of this day right now. I will have access to all knowledge and all power to intuitively know how to handle anything right now. And I will suddenly realize that God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. In that sudden realization, there's another realization that's buried in that realization, by the way. And that is that God will not do for me the things that I can do for myself. There is a part for me to play in this life. There is a part for me. All I have to do is ask, what is it? What would you have me do? Who would you have me be? But I have to have done these nine steps. I have to be living them right now, in this moment, right now, in order to have this way of life, to have this serenity, to have this open mind. I'm going to make mistakes today, today. I promise you, I am going to make mistakes. I'm going to step on the toes of my fellows. Self is going to see something and it's going to want it. And it's going to think that if it has that, then it'll be happy. And it'll tell me that and I will believe it. And then I will have maybe a new amends to make. Most, but, but the beauty is, is that there's a step 10. And we're going to talk about step 10 on Saturday.